This is Wiffer Karen, and I love listening to Will Write for Wine. Oh, yeah. This is Wiffer Mac, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Kim from Colorado, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Yay! Hi, this is Wiffer Lily, and I'm listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Don, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Hello, this is Wiffer Melissa, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Wayne, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. This is Wiffer Ambroise, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Knocked Up Wiffer Susan, and you're listening to Will Write for Wine. Cheers! Hi, this is Wiffer Renee, and you've made the excellent choice of listening to my girls, Sam and Lonnie, on Will Write for Wine. Hi, this is Wiffer Pimp, my mixer Pam, and you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, Whiffers. Welcome to Will Write for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and songs. But mostly wine and writing. Lucky for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Things we know about. <laughs> right. We actually know about writing. Yeah, that's true. I would, that's true. I wouldn't say I know anything oh, about no. wine. Anyway, this is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. Uh, and tonight's show is three weeks in the making. <laughs> Which doesn't mean it'll be any better than any of our other shows. It just took three weeks to get to it. Right. It'll probably be worse. I'm actually I'm feeling sh- a little rusty. I know. Tonight. You know, we're getting back into the swing of things and everything just seems to be, you know. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, we were having technical difficulties <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I was having technical difficulties. <laughs> and I said words that you should not have children in the room. Oh, no. Yeah. No, yeah. my kids weren't in the room. They mm-hmm. got, but they're probably at the door taking notes. Ah, oh, <laughs> so that's when you say that word. <laughs> anyway, um, it's our improv night. We're doing improv tonight because yes. we could be bothered to write a script. Yeah, yeah, and you know <laughs> what? And I noticed back into things. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. What? We're like, we came back and we're lazy. Go figure that. Know. You know, go figure. Know. And have you noticed our script has like fifteen shades of green and blue? See, I, see. I got the new word. Oh, because the colors are different. So I don't I know, know if it's, it's me. me. <laughs> I got the new word 2007, which is cute. It's got all these things, but it doesn't ah. have the same colors like in the palette that automatically come down. This is fascinating oh. for the whippers. I know you're so excited. You waited three weeks to listen about word 2007. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, that's why. Because it doesn't have the same palette that's a drop down. And yeah. I am certainly not going to go searching through all the colors in order to find the exact same match. So. Okay. Well, because you know what I was doing is I was changing yes. them all back to the right colors. So I won't do that anymore because... This will never end. <laughs> it will never end. I will, I will try to just use the existing Oh, don't worry about it. Wow, that's okay. So fascinating. They're all like, I'm all right. so glad we waited three weeks for this show. <laughs> Can we talk about Excel next? All right. Well, PowerPoint. anyway, right. wine comes first. Right. <laughs> so, Lottie, what are you drinking tonight? Well, okay, here's uh, one I think I might have had before on the show, but I was too lazy to actually look it up. <laughs> uh, but again, like I was saying, I'm not going to be drinking quite the variety of wines because I'm only going to have one glass a week, which technically... How is that working out for you? You know, not so well. It's uh, <laughs> I had family in town. And the thing, you know, I love my in-laws. They're awesome. But, you know, we, we get together and we party. Mm-hmm. It's like being in college again. Like everybody's got a glass of wine. Woo! You know. <laughs> It's always Christmas at our house. So um, <laughs> so anyway, I've gone through like five bottles of wine in the last week. But anyway, the one I'm doing tonight is a 2004 Robert Mondavi Private Selection Chardonnay, mm-hmm. which I love. Mm-hmm. It's 
It's one of my favorites. Uh, the wine notes on this are a rich, complex expression of this variety. It melds the ripe tropical fruit notes, characteristic of Central Coast Chardonnay, with the toasty, creamy, buttery characters that derive from a partial barrel and malolactic. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. We talked about that oh, before. I still yeah. don't know what it means. <laughs> Fermentation and, okay, now, uh, surly. It's not like surly, like cranky, mm-hmm. but it's S-U-R, mm-hmm. new word, L-I-E, mm-hmm. surly. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I read it and I thought, certainly aging. Uh, ripe pear, apple, and peach mingle with buttercream, vanilla, honey, and baked bread. <laughs> just everything. It's just got everything. This wine's Every like a meal. I know. It's like, I mean, it's and got the main course. It's got dessert. It's got it's bread. Everything. Oh, yeah. It's, it's got everything. all the food you groups. nothing else. Mm-hmm. You could live off just this wine. Yeah. Just, just this wine all day long. <laughs> Anyway, in the warm, inviting nose, while soft, toasty, creamy flavors dominate the palate. Interesting. Doesn't that? Do you taste any of that in the wine? Well, I mean, I can't. I don't have a palate. (laughs) I buy I buy ten dollar wines. I just you know I I just I know dry and sweet Mm -hmm. and white and red. Aside from that, whatever. Yeah. You know, and the oaky. I can tell when there's oak. Yeah. But anyway, no. I mean, it it tastes. It's nice. It's um, fruity. It's not mouth puckering dry, mm-hmm. but it's definitely not too sweet. It's kind of like in the perfect, you know, zone for me. Right. It's got that very light touch of oak mm-hmm. for people who don't like the wines so oaky. Um, this has a little bit of oak, but it's not it's not overpowering or anything, which I love oak anyway. So, um, and I just, you know, I love the wine. It's 13.5% alcohol uh-huh. and it was uh, $17.99 for a Magnum or something like that. So that's a Magnum. Yeah, that's a which, good deal. You know, actually, still, even for the Magnum wines that I buy, it's a little expensive, but yeah. <laughs> It's a little on the spendy <laughs> side, but it does come out to like, I don't know, 10 bucks a bottle mm-hmm. or something like that. I think in a regular, uh, I think the regular price for the regular bottle is that. So I, it's got a five glass rating for me. Cool. You know? Good. And that's one, it's one of my all time go-to wines. It's, it's very yummy. Good. Good. So there you go. And uh, you know what? I think yeah. I've had mine before too, but I was too lazy to look it up. Uh- <laughs> This is, this is go- what happens. We're middle-aged. We don't care. We don't remember. We do this for a this year. This going to be like the lazy podcast. A year ago? Oh, God, totally. <laughs> I know. All right. All right. What you got? I'm drinking a 2005 Chalone Vineyard okay. Pinot Noir from California. Uh-huh. Now, we talked about this, and we couldn't decide. It's C-H-A-L-O-N-E. So you wanted me right. to say Chaloni. I want you to say Chaloni because I think it sounds fun. Well, and besides, it's the only word that rhymes with baloney. And we, and we fi- need one. Yeah, and we got to have one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Bologna, so. so I have baloney in my Chaloni. From my <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it was in my wine. It's probably got some baloney in there, too. And from wine.com, because uh-huh. Chaloni is apparently too lazy to put the notes on their site. No oh. notes. No notes on their site for this wine. Yeah. Well, that's lame. Uh-huh. The wine features rich aromas of tart, black cherries with hints of mm-hmm. both clove and nutmeg, ripe flavors of raspberry and cola follow Hello. on the palate. <laughs> a small amount of petite Syrah adds richness, giving the wine additional weight. This is a full-bodied wine with balanced acidity and a supple mouthfeel. It has the elegance to work well with turkey or other fowl, (laughs) meaty fish like tuna or salmon, and pasta with a creamy wild mushroom sauce. But screw the Alfredo. Yeah, exactly. So if you're just going to do the tomato sauce, forget it. This is not the wine for you. I love love wine writers. (laughs) Wine writers crack me up. 
What is their universe? Like? I don't know. You have to wonder sometimes. It right? okay. does make you wonder. It does. Um, <laughs> it has 13.5% alcohol and is 14.99 from my local store. Oh, and nice. it actually has a website on mm-hmm. the bottle, which I appreciate, uh-huh. even though there's nothing right. on the website, but that's okay. Um, and, you know, points yeah. for even having a website. That's they right. the domain name. That's right. Shows initiative. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, it's a good Pinot. It's a uh-huh. little light, I think, and I don't know if uh-huh. that's because mm-hmm. I have been drinking it heavier. It's full-bodied, though. Yeah. If they're claiming full-bodied, yeah. it shouldn't feel light. It feels right? a little light, but that's okay. Mm. I will give it. Well, you know, you were drinking the stout. I mean, after the yeah, stout. Yeah, everything. It's all know. relative. My entire scale has been stout. skewed now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I give it four glasses. Okay. So, yeah. That's good. All right. Well, now we've gotten that taken care of, and we've made it through the first block after three weeks. So we're all both a little giddy, you know. <laughs> it's going to show. <laughs> We've actually shortened up the script, but I don't think the show is going to be. Oh, short. I don't think so. We're just going to keep on yeah. talking. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about Word. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> and now it's time for our weekly yeah. PSA. Okay. Yeah, we'll be right back. Let's do it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Whiffer Pimp, my mixer Pam. We here at Will Write for Wine understand both the creative nature of people and the tempting yet tasty tannins of your favorite grape. So to underscore the need for drinking responsibly, here are a few examples of what inappropriate drinking is responsible for. New Coke, Milli Vanilli, Lefsa, Chewing Tobacco, Women's Fashions with Writing on the Ass, and Oprah's Book Club. However, a lovely Merlot or Chardonnay can be a very good thing. A glass of wine happens to be behind Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Hawaii, Variegated Yarn, Manicures, peanut butter and chocolate, Michael Buble, and most importantly, Lonnie and Sam at Will Write for Wine. So the next time you're enjoying a satisfying glass of wine, remember the consequences. We'll be glad you did. Welcome back. This is Samantha Graves. And this is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. Yay! <laughs> Tell us, yeah, we are already, I, and it's not even the wine. All right, I'm blaming it on the wine. I don't know what you're blaming it on. <laughs> Today's question comes from Shannon on the forums. Shannon writes, "I recently realized an opportunity to turn my current novel into a trilogy. Is such a proposal more saleable to agents/slash editors than a single book, assuming the manuscript is of interest to them?" If so, would I be asked to submit the entire first book and synopsis of the following two books? Well, that's a really good question. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people come up against this because it's kind of one of those weird little gray areas. But I'll tell you, most series are born when the first book becomes a big hit and the publisher wants more of the same thing. Mm. So, I mean, if you're writing a book with an intent toward a series, which a lot of us do, I mean, that's okay. Um, you know, I mean, it's what I'm doing right now. But the best way to sell them, especially for new or mid-list writers, but I think, you know, really for most people, unless you've, yeah. like, had a successful series before. But if you're Janet Ivanovich, you can sell a series, you know. Right. Um, but uh, everybody sells them one at a time. 
pretty mm-hmm. much. So, um, you know, for instance, if this new book of mine sells, and, and just because I've been published, does not make that a guarantee <laughs> at all. Um, you know, I'll be writing it as a standalone book and selling it as a standalone book. You know, so the series never takes off. The book will work entirely just on its own as a single issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to do that with every book in a series anyway, so that they all work, you know, on their own as well as part of the series. Um, you know, but so there's really nothing to lose because, I mean, you have to write it that way. Um, but, you know, sell it as a single book and you can mention, you know, that you're open to the idea of a series. But I think if you mm-hmm. go up to somebody and say, you know, this is a trilogy and I want to sell all three books at once, then, you know, you're more likely to scare off um, an editor where they'll be like, you know, I, I really can't commit to a trilogy at this point because, you know, if the first book tanks, then they're stuck doing the other two. Right. You know, so, so they kind of want to um, keep that open. I said, okay, mm-hmm. one step at a time, you know, keep the cart behind the horse. Hmm. And I agree with Lonnie here, and that's it. I'm lazy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, what she said. I'm drinking. <laughs> this is like the lazy show. It is. <laughs> we just want to hang out and drink and laugh and talk and chat. chat. I know. So we don't want to work. We don't I want know. this to be work. Well, it's Friday night, and I'm tired, man. All right, well, thanks for the question, Shannon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we and, and if they are interested in the trilogy, ask them what they want to see. Oh, yeah. Just so I'm, I'm just adding. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, every it's a case-by-case case basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything, yeah. you know, people have sold trilogies before. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, or series books. And, you know, it'll happen. I think it happens, you know, maybe more in mystery than, perhaps because mysteries tend to do well in, like, kind of a series, mm. you know. There's yeah opportunity for sure but anyway you know i mean uh, generally especially when we first start now i generally like to look at it as one book at a time right you know and then you see how it does and you move on and that. i've actually written series where they've said even though it's a series make sure that every book stands on its own uh, yeah well absolutely you yeah. have to i mean that's the most important thing is that your book has to stand on its own anyway so you mm-hmm. sell the first one and then everybody loves it because it's brilliant and then mm-hmm. you do the next one right you know, so that's how it works that's right. Anyway, thanks for the question, Shannon. <laughs> to get your question on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or leave your uh, questions on the forums there, or send us an MP3 and you can hear your voice on the show, which we love. And we haven't gotten an MP3 in a really long time. And it's, you know, very sad. I know. We it is. Miss them. I yeah. love hearing your voices on the mm-hmm. show. Although we did get two new um, reviews on po- on <gasps> iTunes. Did you see oh, that? We We're up to no, 20. I didn't. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice. yes. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, well, fabulous. Did they like mm-hmm. us? Oh, yes. Good. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, good. That's yeah. one thing that's really It always, like, like, amazes oh, us. Stars. We're like, really? <laughs> you know, it's because we're drinking. Because we're fun when we're drinking, and nobody wants to pick on the drunk girls. You that's know true. That's like, true. Like, who wants to be mean to the drunk girls? Mm-hmm. You know, plus it's a podcast. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I don't understand what a podcast gets a bad rating from somebody because like if you don't like it don't listen to it yeah <laughs> you, know? you don't have to download it nobody's coming into your house and like sneaking into your itunes in the middle of the night and being like we're gonna wipe you up. <laughs> you're gonna have to listen to will write for wine um you know so it's just kind of funny like usually i expect when, when a podcast gets bad reviews or something like that it's gonna uh-huh. be pretty bad yeah <laughs> you know yeah. all right anyway all so right. we're moving on to our next topic which is this week in the forum thanks, thanks mac, mac. <laughs> this week on the forums, the hot topics were delicious delectables, mm. which sounds like a Jeopardy topic, doesn't it? Yeah. Potent potables, which mm, Alex Trebek seems yeah. to really love. Um, Cyrano de Bergerac, which makes us, 
you know, sound like intelligent people Uh, talking about literary stuff and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Inauguratory bottles, which, of course, (laughs) using my total screw up of the word inaugural makes us look not so smart. That's all me. Um, I has a hot dog, Mm -hmm. which is like, um, can I? uh, I has has cheeseburger with dogs. Yeah. Uh Um, Lily's trip to Egypt. Welcome back, Lily. Yes. Just a whiff for greeting MP3 in Arabic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, YA novels. Cool. And I see you wrote your own tongue twister this time. See? <laughs> I got through it. It's hard. It's hard today. Yeah, it is. And the funniest one was I has a hot dog because everyone thought it was I was a hot dog. <laughs> like I was Okay, a it was werewolf. just like yeah. me. That was just me. But still, it scared me a little. I saw that. I'm like, I was a hot dog. I was afraid to even open it up. Oh, well. Well, because I keep waiting for the crazy to explode. Because every week we get more people on the forums. And everybody's been really lovely, which I wasn't I expecting. I thought at like 90 or 100, we'd start getting crazy people. But we haven't yet. So I know. Like, it's been. I keep waiting for the crazy to explode. But everybody's been lovely. 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 And we really, really want to thank all our whiffers for yes. uh, welcoming the new people who are brave enough to introduce themselves. I know. Seriously. Every time somebody comes in and introduces themselves, I'm like, go here. You. That's great. Yeah. So, um, all right, great. Well, now it's time to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Museum curator Jillian Talbot has a psychic gift that lets her see into the past, but she never expects it can make her a target to find a priceless treasure. To stay alive, Jillian must seek the help of a cynical Tomb Raider, but is he worthy of her trust? Simon Bonner wants out of the looting game. Instead, he finds himself tangled up in a deadly mystery and a woman who still believes in doing the right thing. As Jillian and Simon track the mystery deep into Mexico, their desire to stay alive and growing passion for each other makes every move a dance with danger. Out of Time by Samantha Graves. Available August 2008. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diamrich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is We'll Write for One. Yay! <laughs> Tonight is Improv Night, and we're doing villains! Yeah. Yay! Which means we'll be building a big bad from the ground up, so it's going to be fun. Right. And since we decided this too late for audience participation, because <laughs> we've only had three weeks to prepare for this. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. we're going to use my Osho Zen cards, and mm-hmm. you're just going to have to trust us that we're really making it up as we go along. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there'll be any shadow of a doubt there. Right. So, uh, yeah. And we're too lazy to do it any other way. Anyway, so. I know, I know. And I have a feeling it's going to sound like we're making it up. So we're mm-hmm. Actually, all of these we do, and I always expect them to be terrible. And actually, usually they're pretty good. Yeah, except for <laughs> the, the ferret. times by the, the end of the night. The ferret incident. Oh, the ferret one. Oh, yeah, that was, that was bad. But you that know what? Bad. It happens. Mm. But uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm impressed that we haven't had more ferrets, you know, <laughs> in the whole thing. All right. So, um,. Where are we now? Oh, oh, okay. All right. There we go. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I got, we got sidetracked and I just was too lazy to keep my eyes on the <laughs> All right. <laughs> first, before we get started, that we need to talk about all the things that a villain needs to have. Yes. And the first thing a villain needs is a goal. Mm-hmm. The villain has to want something and it has to be in direct con- conflict with the pro- with what the protagonist wants. Right. Um, your villain also has to have, you know, pretty much no boundaries. Right. <laughs> you know, the villain has to be willing to stop at nothing to achieve his or her goal. Sometimes this may be all that separates your hero from your villain. So it's really an important trait. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly is threat. Mm -hmm. If the result of your villain getting what he or she wants is not seriously bad, if it mm -hmm. does not represent a literal or symbolic death, mm -hmm. then chances are your villain is not going to have enough teeth to carry the story. Right. And it has to be literal death if you're one of Sam's books. Yes. <laughs> it could be a pretty much death has to be. <laughs> yeah. No, it pretty much has to be. Romantic right. suspense, yeah. There's yeah. always death. I know I sent Sam the, the <laughs> or like the basic synopsis of the new book that I'm working on. And she writes back. The first thing she says is, yay, people die. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like between you and Karen Rose, honestly. <laughs> I was like so shocked. I'm like, oh, my God. I, I know. This. You were so excited. You're like, my baby's growing up. <laughs> first time plotting i know but first of all okay let's say this book i yeah. know what happens at all the turning points mm -hmm. i know who my villain is mm -hmm. <laughs> i know it's an amazing thing i'm not a platter no okay uh, I'm, uh, I'm a platter yeah. pants or hybrid yeah know? okay <laughs> whatever you gotta tell yourself to get to sleep at night baby <laughs> the rest of us know the truth all That's right. right all right so let's get into the now of course of course this is lazy podcast night um, it's kind of like Lazy Sunday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we haven't planned anything. We didn't get it together to have people give us ideas about mm -hmm. what we're going to do. We uh, basically just decided we were going to do villains like, I don't know, three, four o'clock. So. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Today. <laughs> so how should we start? How should we start building a villain? Because basically we've got a complete blank slate here. What kind of story are we going to write? Well, I think, um, hmm. What do you think, romantic suspense? Shall we try that again, since we did so well in it last time? We do really well with romantic suspense, but here's the thing. Yeah. Okay, now, see, this is my problem. Because I look at romantic suspense, and I think, well, you know, you build a villain for romantic suspense. It's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, you know, they're going to kill somebody. They're going to do something really evil, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, it's like, to build a romantic comedy villain could kind of be fun. But then again, <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> so let's do romantic suspense. It's all okay right. if it's, you know, it's okay. Because it just, to me, like, the first thing I think of is, you know, let's make it hard <laughs> let's make it hard to build the villain but at the same time you know it's hard enough in romantic suspense it's even harder if you're trying to write a funny book and then you got to try to get a villain in there that's yeah. both funny and threatening yeah <laughs> very very difficult <laughs> so i'm just gonna shut up and we'll just romantic suspense is all right genre. let's go with that the first card i picked is politics politics Ooh. very interesting could it be perhaps a republican running for the president i'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. let's not, not go, there. go there no no I no, 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 no. apologies yeah, to republicans yeah. look i voted republican in the past I'm uh -huh. just um, anyway okay. so yes all right um the second card is clinging to the past Clinging to the past. Politics mm -hmm. and clinging to the past. Okay, right. that's interesting. Right. And the third card is, let me see, ordinary, ordinariness. <gasps> interesting. I love these. I think that's kind of cool. Okay, so let's take politics, but let's not put it in a political, like a, a traditionally okay. political setting. But, you know, there are loads of politics in, like, families Offices and families <laughs> families I mean, politics everywhere there's yeah. politics everywhere um so you want to make it family politics yes all i right, think that'd be all good right. all right so what what kind so of so let's say um, we've got a villain is uh, our villain a man or a woman uh let's talk about it a little bit and then see what all what right, happens right, see which right. which one kind of comes forward yeah okay. um so it'd be a family and i would assume it would be let's say it's it's going to be a very wealthy family 
Okay. All right. Let's go with that because um, the more money you have, the more screwed up you can get. Yeah. Um, Apologies to rich people. (laughs) There we go. She finally insulted somebody. Oh, oh, it's not just me. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I think there's a lot more Republicans than there are rich people. So. Republicans and rich people, same people. What do you want? Oh, <laughs> we're just, man. oh my God, we're joking. We're just joking. I, I have, God. I have like a whole freaking list now I've started. I'm, okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's just bad. So now we're going to get the, the, I hate them. They <laughs> insulted me on iTunes. Somebody's going to give us like one star. They don't yeah. like Republicans. It's just joking. We're just joking. It's Lonnie. It's not me. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay, totally bailing on this one. Okay. I know. So Maybe family bo- politics. Okay, uh-huh. So mm-hmm. let's say we've got clinging to the past and we've got ordinariness. Now, what if the family was at one point very powerful, uh-huh. very um, influential? Okay. Um, and what arena would they be powerful and influential in? <laughs> That's not good politics. Leave, don't leave it open for me. Don't leave it open like that. Come on, yeah. um, I know. Just what throw arena would they be? Okay. Well. I, okay. Well. Now, also, let's think about because um, there's the internal politics within mm-hmm. the family, and then right. there's the external, like the family. Like, I mean, if you're talking about a family like the Kennedys, mm-hmm. you know, like a political family, but like, you know, if you're gonna if to be really influential, you know, you have to be either in traditional politics, you have to like really wield a lot of money in one industry. Right. You know, so like what kind of, and also there's, you know, I mean, there's kind of new ways to, to do things as well. I mean, there's, you know, the traditional stories of, um, you know, of children taking the family business in a new direction, trying to do things. And then there's always the, you know, the person who wants to hang on to the way that it used to work, even Mm -hmm. though it doesn't work that way anymore. Right. So, I mean, that's one of the angles that we can take on it. Right. Um, But they also, again, we need a villain, okay, that has a strong goal, that Mm -hmm. has no boundaries. Right. That will do anything. Um, Well, and and what if they believe that they're, they're truly justified and right too, because, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, now see, it would be very interesting if you if you had a family that was clinging to the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were clinging to their past um, successes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and they look at the villain as somebody who's very ordinary and who should absolutely you know follow in the footsteps and should do all that but maybe right. maybe the villain doesn't want to be ordinary maybe they do want to take the business into a different direction but in order to do that they have to start knocking off some people they have to start killing people <laughs> let's get the dead people piling up right from the beginning um well you know i mean there's um I'm you know i i would love villain. to have like a villain who was totally underestimated by the rest of the family. Right. You so know, perhaps I, I, they had like some special skills that they had been secretly working on or whatever. Or they and they, they made, yeah. they could make all the deaths look like accidents and they'd uh-huh. be close enough to the family and nobody right. would suspect them because they were, you know, they're because so they're ordinary. The or right. Yeah. That there's yeah. nothing exceptional about this person. I actually, I exactly. could really kind of like that because, um, also, if you're raised in a family of exceptional people mm-hmm. and you're the person that everybody sees as ordinary, it can become yes. a huge motivator 
to show everyone up. So it's not just about gaining the power, but also like I think that your best villains come in when they have something very personal to them mm -hmm. that will cloud their judgment. Yes. Because that's that's where you get the villain in the mm -hmm. end, you yeah. know, is that the point at which their judgment gets clouded and it becomes an emotional um the goal becomes an emotional thing for them and then they start making tactical mistakes. Right. So, I mean, if you've got a situation where, you know, you've got this family, like, okay, so is it like a family business? Yes. Okay. I would think so. I All would right. think so. And yeah. then the protagonist is who? The protagonist is probably either going to be somebody who's trying to solve the murders. Right. Or somebody in the family but who doesn't fit in the family. Mm -hmm. So this is a person who is like almost like a black sheep okay. in the family. Right. But mm -hmm. perhaps they start, they get called in when all the deaths start to occur. And you know, right. I just had this vision of the villain facing each one of these family members mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. he or she kills right. and telling them they're the ones that are doing all of this. And then he kills it. So to prove his point, Mm -hmm. That he is he is not an ordinary person. Mm -hmm. That he was more than what they what they thought it would mm -hmm. be. And I think it would be really interesting if the deaths were very difficult to solve. This would show that was this would show the villain that was really right. good at what he did. Right. And um and and it's kind of like a secret. You know, mm -hmm. he's excited about it because you know nobody expects it from him. Right. Yeah, well, so um, I, like I like that. the idea of um of the villain being uh, what I like the idea is like maybe the first person the villain kills mm -hmm. you know is like the head of the family and that this villain is thinking that he's going to be the next one in line oh. you know to move up but they go to the black sheep cousin instead oh, because yes. they over like you know this this is the oldest son like the villain will be the oldest son or the mm -hmm. presumptive heir you know and then um, and then this like you know black sheep from you know wherever in the family ends up getting called in to run the business because, oh. they, because they don't think that they have no no confidence in the right. villain so the villain is there and you know um resentful but you know still doing their part mm -hmm. or whatever you know and um but uh, but all the while starting to plot against the people who brought in the black sheep right so exactly. maybe what he would do is get rid of those people first because if the, he kills the black sheep right away mm -hmm. they could bring somebody else in there's right. no guarantee that he's going to be the choice mm -hmm. he has to get rid of the people who don't want him right mm -hmm. so that's going to take care of a few more family members <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just invite them all over for dinner and poison the turkey. It'd just be one, two, three, you know, because that's the lazy way to do it. Oh, yeah. I'd do it the lazy yeah. way, and I would go to jail for the rest of my life. But I think I the villain would want to face them down one by one and make sure that they knew before they died that he was the one who was pulling the strings. He I was the one in control. I think he would want them to admit that he was not ordinary yeah I think yeah. he would want them to say because you got to think about what his goal is because mm -hmm. very few like you know you have a lot of these villains who wring their hands and I will destroy everything <laughs> and they have the evil laugh and you know right. Mr. Smithers with the but the reality is that they that he's got to think he's right yes you know maybe the first guy he kills is so old yeah you know what I'm saying like it's so well old maybe maybe like, the first guy he kills is the one who tells him no we're not going to go in your direction Mm -hmm. We're not going to. And he comes up with this great idea for the oh, business. What if the, what if the dad is dying anyway? What if the dad is dying anyway? You mm -hmm. know, the guy who runs it. 
Yeah. He's so close to death anyway. And mm-hmm. this guy, you know, the son comes in and says, you know, I'm going to take over. And the guy's like, no, we're not going to pick you. You know? Yeah. And then he basically, so that some, the person who dies was old and dying and on his deathbed anyway. So when mm-hmm. he dies, there's nothing, you know, why would anybody look into that yeah but then why would they oh yeah then they bring the black sheep in it then really they bring screws the black it. Yeah. sheep in and then yeah. that's when so the the villain at the beginning is basically just you know the guy's already on the edge of the cliff he just nudges mm-hmm. him over and then yeah. you know once he's already done that once he's stepped over that line i mean basically uh-huh. you know knocking yeah. off a dying man is a gateway drug into the bigger murders yeah right <laughs> Right. And so, I would love yeah. the idea if, if each of the murders was just uh-huh. something bizarre. Right. Like some kind of very strange death mm-hmm. that looked accidental, but it was mm-hmm. all set up or something mm-hmm. like that. That would be kind of mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So we're basically writing a serial killer story. Yeah. <laughs> a crazy, incompetent serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Cousin, cousin It is uh, <laughs> knocking it. off the family members. Now, you know, I, I really like that because there is a lot of motivation uh-huh. there. And I think we've all at some point in our lives felt... Wanted to kill the head of our <laughs> family. Well, no, God, but I, I mean, not. felt ordinary or, or been passed right. over when we, when we saw something that, you know... Well, I think, yeah, that we knew that we could do or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, um, and I think that what what this guy would want is for somebody to recognize that he, you know, that that he has something to offer. Yes. And so that it starts somewhere that you can you can almost sympathize with, you know. Right. First, exactly. The gateway murder, you know, the gateway murder where he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, the guy's gonna die anyway, so you know, yeah. it's twenty four hours earlier or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you know, and then does that, and then everything kind of goes against him. Mm-hmm. And then he has to figure out. So, I mean, he would be working against and doing sabotage and all that kind of stuff and creating, um, you know, creating more problems. Right, right. You know what, though? Here's my problem. Hmm. We're starting with the villain yeah. instead of the protagonist. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not feeling the gel. Like, usually we start with protagonists. Mm-hmm. I've never, I've never. Have you ever started a book starting with a villain before? Um, I'm not so sure. You start with the scenario, though, don't you? Yeah, I, mean, I start with the. Start I start with, with the. Yeah, I don't start with character. So I start with the protagonist always, mm. and the villain comes in later. No, I I generally start very early with the villain. I might mm-hmm. I I I know what I want the villain to do, mm-hmm. but sometimes I don't know why they're doing mm-hmm. it. You know, right. I build the motivation starts to build later on. I start mm-hmm. to understand them a little bit more, yeah. you know, and why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I can totally understand, right. you know, if you were in that situation, if you didn't have boundaries like normal right. people have, mm-hmm. if everything was off, it was, you know, was open for you, what would you do for what you wanted? How far? You know, how you far go? would you go? How and far would and you go? villains pretty much will go as far as they physically can. Uh, right, as far as they can because they've mm-hmm. just gone over the edge. Um, but you know, I mean, the thing that's fun about villains is um, I think when you start playing with the psychology behind what it is that they do, mm-hmm. you know, and this is something that I'm I'm having a lot more fun with lately in in my more recent books than I than I did before um but you know like I in uh wish you were here which is coming out this fall I had the villain who (laughs) he was bad in the first place and he was up to no good in the first place I mean he was just one of those guys that was just never going to be up to any good Mm -hmm. but (laughs) he just kept getting more and more upset because nobody would take him seriously he was always like like this guy like he was always (laughs) and of course it was a romantic comedy villain so you know it was kind of funny but I mean the thing that I loved about Malcolm is that 
that, you know, he came in, he's starting trouble, he's making a mess of everything already. And then nobody took him seriously. Everybody dealt with him like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and he'd be like, somebody, you know, people, he'd call up people and he'd be like, I will kill your daughter if and they click, you know, <laughs> nobody take him seriously. And that's when he got really dangerous. Like if somebody yes. listened to him earlier in it, he would have caused some trouble. He would have cost him some money. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, he wouldn't have like gone after anybody with a gun, you know, like it was just, yeah. it wasn't until people were just like, screw you. You idiot, yeah. you know, and nobody. So it's kind of a little bit like this guy, mm-hmm. you know. But I started with, um, but in that case, I started with the protagonist, and you know, my protagonist is this very upstanding. Well, the male protagonist. This is very upstanding guy, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and so you know, to have somebody who is so morally bankrupt as his opposite, I think that your villain becomes more interesting when defined through your protagonist. Yes, don't you think I, so? There has to be some point in the book mm-hmm. where where your villain ha- where where your villain and your and your protagonist face the same thing the villain goes in one direction right. the protagonist goes in another mm-hmm. direction mm-hmm. there has to be somewhere in your story i think in order for it to really gel in order for really it to resonate. be really mm-hmm. resonate yes mm-hmm. that that you do have that now what yeah. if the black sheep comes in nobody took him seriously before and he's going to prove them wrong this time around. But he does it without killing anybody. Well, okay, here's the thing. I think that, okay, if he's in there, if the, mm-hmm. the guy named him. Oh, what would be really funny? <laughs> what would be really funny when the old guy dies <laughs> violently? <laughs> so funny. Is, um, is if he doesn't tell the son, the presumptive, or the oldest son, the villain, that he's going to choose this guy, but that he already did. He already named the guy in the paperwork. So here, the, here's oh. his son kills him, right? Yeah. Knocks him off early, is ready to come into work the next day. <laughs> the lawyers read the will, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's this guy from Montana, you know? And, okay, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Okay, see, this is where I get excited. Like, we're talking mm-hmm. about this villain, and I'm, I'm not getting the juice for it. But when we start thinking about it in terms of the protagonist, what if the protagonist just got out of jail? Oh, yeah. So here you've got this villain who has yeah. been part of this rich family, has been raised, has done everything exactly. He went to Harvard, you know, got the MBA, mm-hmm. did the whole thing exactly the way he was supposed to do it. And his father names the parolee yeah. <laughs> yeah. out of Montana, right? You know, this, see, this, yeah, because uh-huh. there, there's no justice there. The villain is going to see that as no justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Right, exactly. But I mean, I think that that could be really interesting because then you've got this guy you know, who may be the, um, you know, the dead head of the family, mm-hmm. you know, had always had, had always known, yeah. you know, had always the been, had always time. seen oh, clearly yeah. exactly who his son yeah. was and exactly who his nephew was and his mm-hmm. nephew's in jail. Who knows what he went to jail for? Although it has to be something I think where he actually did it. Like, you know what I hate? And I've done it too. And it, you know, but like when you've got a, a protagonist or hero who has done something bad, Mm-hmm. You know, but he did it to save itsy bitsy babies on a bus, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Like yeah. they always justify it so that he, you know, he killed somebody, but he mm-hmm. did it to save the, you know, or something like that. That like, but like the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, have that he was in jail for killing somebody, but he was in jail for like, you know, embezzlement yeah. or something. Like yeah, he went to jail exactly. For really stupid well, that he did. Now, he learned a lesson. Embezzling and he's would on be a path perfect because oh, right. here the old guy picks an embezzler to right. run the company. You know, when I mean, here's what? Junior with his Harvard MBA. Yeah. 
feeling like, yeah. I mean, that would be enough to drive. That would be enough for you to look at that villain and say, you know, it ain't right. Yes. But I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, and what's really uh, interesting is that, especially if the old guy. Right. If he was on, like, it's a, it's a family-owned business, so he's going to have his own little inner circle. Right. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the people in the inner circle start getting popped off <laughs> by the villain. Because the villain's going to go to each one of them. They mm-hmm. all made this decision together. It wasn't just the old guy who did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so then you start to say, you know what? I'm this not sure is... that it's believable that an entire board would name the embezzler. As the head well, of the no, company. if it's it's I all family, it's not a board. Guy. It's not like a real oh, board. It's a family. It's a family. You gotta re- you gotta remember the family still, dynamics I don't know. at like, work I, here. I kind of think that if he's a real black sheep, I think uh-huh. only that. Guy, I think that guy would have to have the power to name his successor mm-hmm. alone. And that the the threat, I mean, bumping all these people off in the thing, I'm not sure, like, the threat that comes from the, um, that comes from the villain, I think, needs to be against the protagonist. You know, like, maybe the protagonist, and there's got to be a girl, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, maybe it's, oh, God, maybe it's the villain's girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> no, that's creepy. <laughs> That's creepy. That's creepy. You never know. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something, or maybe the, you know, the girl that the villain has always been in love with and always trying mm-hmm. to get, and he can't get her, and then this this embezzler comes in who's, you know, always full of trouble. Maybe and she's, maybe she she's the old guy's assistant. Yeah, something like that. So you know, she would she's become not part of the family, but she's kind of in right. her. You know, she knows what's going on, and the yes. executive assistant is the one who really knows what's going on. Right, and so, I mean, and yeah. the black sheep would be working with her. She right. would be working for him then. Right. That would be very interesting. Yeah. But I so love I mean, the idea of, of people just totally bypassing this guy. Right. Because they don't see that he has the ability to do any of this. Well, which because, you know, he doesn't because obviously, you know, he's insane. Mm-hmm. But um, but I mean, you know, yeah. he's got like on paper, he's got everything that he mm-hmm. did, everything that he needed to do to get to the head of this, to make himself feel whole. Because the thing is that his entire identity is based on being the head of this family and being Mm -hmm. the head of this business. And then that gets taken away from him. And then the girl he's got a crush on gets taken away from him. And then he starts causing some trouble. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that I'm not sure if he would be bumping people off because I think that that would get, um, that would get too messy too fast. But I mean, I think that there could be other things that he would do to cause threat and to escalate that. Because I think once you've killed somebody... You know, if you start killing people, it's real hard to escalate the threat. I mean, what's he going to do well, next? Like bomb New York? Unless I would, I could see him killing people who were starting to figure out that perhaps he had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Now, I could see him protecting what he's already got. He's going to get right. rid of those people. He does not want those people to catch on to him. Um, right. But also, the other thing is, he when he does when he does make trouble. It's not going to be for the business. This is his business. He rightfully should be running this business. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to destroy the business, but he will perhaps destroy the lives of the people who are integral to the business, who are in his way. Mm -hmm. So he's going to definitely create trouble for anybody who's standing in line between him and the CEO seat. Okay, so another thing to think about with villains mm-hmm. is that is this a story where um, we don't know who the villain is? We know the trouble being caused, but we have a number of different people that could possibly be the villain, and we yes. don't really know who it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is that the um, so the, the the villain? You could do again, it either way. 
Okay, how would you do it on this story? On this particular story, I think, um, you know, it really could go either way. Mm -hmm. Generally, I I do like to have the villains have their own point of view. Right. um, Because then you do get to see, if you don't, Mm -hmm. if you don't have some point of view around the villain. Right. You don't understand why they're doing what they're doing. That's very um, true. Yes, um, which makes them less threatening. I mean, it, does. it is scary mm-hmm. that they're doing things, and you know these things are happening. Right. But if you don't have a direct link to the villain, if you're mm-hmm. not somehow around him or in his head or whatever, mm-hmm. it's much less threatening. I think yeah. if you understand that he is absolutely, you know, looking from point A to point B, and mm-hmm. nothing is going to get in his way. Mm-hmm. If you get that through your story, that makes a very scary character. I think it really does. And I think that if you're writing, uh, you know, it's a difference between a romantic suspense and a mystery. A mystery is mm-hmm. where, of course, obviously the villain has to be secret. So you have to have a right. lot of red herrings in there. Red herrings, for anybody who does know, I think everybody does, is, you know, somebody who could be the villain but isn't, you know, in the end. Right. Um, and uh, so that you've got a number of people. I, I, you know, I'm thinking back to how I've done it um, because the only – the only real traditional, you know, villain type roles I've had have been in my romantic comedies. My, you know, mm-hmm. my women's fiction novels have always been, you know, like, you know, a person against themselves, you know, and their their own worst uh, enemy. But um, so in those, I think I've done two where the villain was a mystery and two where we had villain POVs. Mm. And um, I'm trying to think, you know, where I th- where I felt. Um, which I liked better. And I think, you know, I think it really does depend. I mean, it does depend. One of the ones in which we didn't know the villain, I really, really loved. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones in which we didn't know the villain, I felt, you know, that it had been kind of weak in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, um, and, you know, the same thing with the, with the other two. So, so I'm really not sure. I think that it really depends on the individual story and how you want to tell it. I mean, but again, with romantic comedy though, you know, I mean, sometimes it's it's just the the two where I had the villain POV were the two in which the villain was um, just silly and a lot, just too much fun not to do mm. their POV, not to have it be clear who the villain was the whole way right. around. You know, right? And um, and but another thing I like to do actually with the villain is is to have someone who is close to them. Yeah describe what's going on from from Mm -hmm. the assistant's point of view not from the villain's point of view right because Mm -hmm. that also can be used very powerfully right Mm -hmm. yep so Mm -hmm. and it also has that sense of um a little bit of perspectives that you can truly see the crazy yeah because people don't and when it's in their pov they don't see their own crazy Mm mm-hmm so you know. what what happens is you is you have to write it mm-hmm. from such a skewed, singularly those focused so much fun. angle. And I I've done that. Those. I did that with my first mm-hmm. book. I think I mm-hmm. I did it with the with the second Samantha Graves too. But yeah. I had a lot of villains in that one. So right. um, <laughs> like everybody yeah, was a villain, done. but they were great. Yeah. But the mm-hmm. the the Kessel one, the Kessel oh, yeah. point of views were were terrifying at times they were they were were very very dark and um, yeah you know I find that writing um you know for me now that I'm thinking about it this is really the Mm -hmm. first time I've ever really kind of thought about it from that perspective is that um writing the villains POV is so freeing and fun because in the same way that the villain has no boundaries you have no boundaries exactly you know you can do whatever you want with that character you don't have to make them likable you don't you know the thing is that i end up loving like oh god the villain in dogs and goddesses 
is the goddess Kamani, which Dogs and Goddesses is the collaboration, you know, for those of you who haven't listened to every single episode where I talk about every single episode for the past year, <laughs> this book has been over my head. Um, but uh, but the goddess, Jennifer Cruz, who wrote the most fabulous <laughs> villains. She writes them so wonderfully. And it's because you just, you can just go completely over the top. You know, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you're writing it funny. I mean, I think yeah. it's probably the same. I don't write, you know, books that are, you know, truly, you know, hugely suspenseful and that have like that scary. I don't think there's just been a truly scary moment in any of my books that I can think of. <laughs> Everything's always kind of played for the, for the funny of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the, the most fun with that, and I didn't write the villain, so it was fun because it was, it was my book and I had ownership in the book, but I still got to experience the villain like mm-hmm. a reader because Jenny was writing it, you know. Right. And I love that villain. I love her. Same thing with yep. uh, Unfortunate Misfortunes, which was the other um, mm-hmm. three-author um, collaboration, which I was not participating in. But, um, <laughs> but the villain in that, Jenny did that one too, and it was fabulous and I think it's just that you don't need to edit yourself or worry so much about how it's coming across I mean you can just go nuts and it's kind of the fun of secondary characters too right well the uh, the thing that you kind of have to remember is with a villain you can focus Mm -hmm. on that one thing that they have in their heads Mm -hmm. and generally a villain will have one thing in their head and that is to get from point a to point b and they will go through whatever they have to go through to get that they are very focused they're Mm -hmm. extremely focused um so that's why it's also important with your villain to understand Mm -hmm. exactly what they want and and why so that you you can really uh zero in on that focus uh Mm -hmm. so but they're they don't care what's for dinner Right. They don't care about socializing. They don't don't care about anything else. Right. You know, you don't have to, they don't have to grow as people. No. You know, they're villains. That's the whole thing, too. And then there's also, like, the doppelganger villain, which you kind of hit on, where people kind of face the same thing, but where you've got, like, your protagonist and your antagonist, you know, your hero and your Mm -hmm. villain, and they are exactly the same. You know, in a lot of ways, they are the same. Yes. But when it comes to making a pivotal choice, they each go in a different direction. Right. And that's the difference between you can do that. And I'll tell you, I think it's really hard to do. But when you've got a character like a protagonist that has some similar qualities mm-hmm. you know, to the villain, then they illuminate each other. And it's they do. really brilliant. Yeah. So I think that that's something yeah. to keep in mind, too. That's something that can be really fun to do yeah. as well. So. All right. Well, that wraps up another interesting and informative C block. Sure. <laughs> Lazy, but informative. <laughs> We've earned a we refill didn't even come for up with all a whole story. We're just like, ah, eh, you know, it's a family, whatever. <laughs> Let's just talk about villains. <laughs> uh, so we'll be right back. Right. <laughs> Emmy James is not the kind of girl who attracts angels. In fact, since she sent her life into a nosedive six years ago, she's tried to attract as little as possible attention, people, or responsibility. She lives alone in an Airstream trailer, going from job to job, wherever the wind takes her. And that works just fine. Until one day, two unexpected visitors show up at the New Jersey trailer park she currently calls home. One is a childhood friend with news. EJ's mother and his father are getting married, and they want EJ at the ceremony. The other is a sweet but odd woman named Jess, who says she's an angel specializing in cosmic relationship mending. And blueberry pancakes. A Little Ray of Sunshine by Lonnie Diane Rich is a story about lost love, found angels, and the power of blueberry pancakes to fix almost anything, including the mother-daughter relationship that no one thought could ever be mended. 
A Little Ray of Sunshine is available now wherever books are sold. Get your copy today. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Write for Wine. Do you like winning prizes? You know, I really do. Well, then head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Suggestions. Very hard to say after you've had a lot of wine. Yes, each month we pick one lucky winner from all the wonderful people who actually talk to us, and then we give them a special prize. And who knows, next month's winner could be you. For May, we have an official Will Write for Wine refrigerator magnet and a signed copy of our BFF Adrian Pierce's Small Fire CD. Oh, fabulous. Yes. Mm-hmm. To enter, it's easy, even and for lazy. us, and lazy. Yes. <laughs> Just get active on the forums or send us an email at willwriteforwine, oh, feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on our website. Oh, dear God. It's we not even will. a line. It's just it's a new script. kind of a week. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a new, new script. script. Yeah. It's a whole yep, thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will announce the winner on our first June show, so send in your comments and suggestions now. Suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we have the... Oh, no. Da, 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 da. That just never goes well. I think we did it well once. There was like one show which we just hit it. But right I think on. we were like in the same room. We have were to like we? look that at each other. It. Yeah, to another uh, friend. Yeah, yeah, have like whatever. an orchestra. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. And the, and um, the angels. Oh! Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the planets align. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so how'd you do uh, during hiatus? Oh, well, I'll tell you. I've started <laughs> writing the new book, so I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that. Cool. Um, in the last three weeks, I've written about 20 pages, and I've got the whole story planned. Hmm. And I know who my villain is. Huh. So Sam's about ready to kind of weep with joy <laughs> of not having to stress out over my lack of organization. Seriously, I'm Whenever I have a, a deadline coming, she calls me every day. She's like, is it done? <laughs> I can't bad. sleep until your book is done. I'm already worried about your galleys. I, okay. Primony. <laughs> uh, so how about well, you? How'd you do? Oh, I got a rejection. Oh, well, no, sort didn't. of. It was sort of. They liked it, no, but they didn't. want revision, so no, it's not all bad. Rejection. Yeah, yeah. I set back some high concept ideas, and we'll which see what I happens love. next. Thank and you. Fabulous, which we Thank figured you. out over <laughs> over lunch <laughs> at uh, Olive Garden, which mm-hmm. is our go-to place. Oh yeah. <laughs> we walk in, everybody's like, Norm. Um, <laughs> but we're sitting there talking about like you know psychic vampires or something like that, and the woman comes by. <laughs> We're like, we're, we don't mean to scare you. We're writers. Yes. She's like, Whoosh, you know. we're really not going to kill anybody in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I know by the end, she's like, I want to hang out with you guys. You're, I you, know. You're having fun. Because we had some wine and we were very fun. We gave well, her a we big were. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> now it's time for our weekly challenge. Oh, geez. Every week at the end of the D block, we will either do a killer word or the wine card challenge. Mm-hmm. Thus highlighting our vast ignorance and hopefully making y'all feel better about yourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> this week, it's the wine card challenge we're going to do. Yeah. Right? Okay. So go for it, Sam. What do you have for me? Okay. I have a question. Wild okay. card, wild card question. A wild card question. Okay. How large is a magnum? <laughs> no way. Is it A... Not big enough. <laughs> Is that seriously there? Seriously there. Okay, because... <laughs> B, one liter, 
C, two standard bottles, or D, three standard bottles? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you seriously giving me this question? Yeah. The only question I will ever know. You're being so kind. I know. <laughs> That's only because we don't have the verbal sobriety the test at the end of the right, show. Exactly. <laughs> You're giving me an easy one. <laughs> All right. I will say, hmm, hmm, two standard bottles, and they will probably accept not big enough as well. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Two standard bottles. Right. All right. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Funny. I cracked up when I said it. I was like, not big enough. I'm like, wow. The only <laughs> question Lonnie will ever know. I'm so glad that one landed in your pile. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't, uh, I didn't deliberately uh, pick something easy. I just picked okay. the first thing on the top. <laughs> Here's an interesting question because I was not even aware this existed. Ah. What is fortified wine? Fortified. You, have you heard of fortified wine? No. There is so much for us to learn. Okay, it is A, wine with added acid. Mm. B, <laughs> and this is my vote. I haven't looked at the answer. Wine with added alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> C, wine with added vitamins. Or D, wine that has been sealed tightly, as opposed to all the other ones, which just have a little piece of saran wrap across the top. <laughs> should say like vitamins but that just doesn't sound why would you put vitamins in a wine add vitamins to yeah wine? so i'll take the first and again, one again i was the first I'm one i'm saying i'm saying this without having looked at the back <laughs> so let me just say that i have not looked and i don't know what the answer is the first one I'll is say, wine with added acid which why would you do that i don't know i'll say that one though because none of the other ones make acid? sense yeah. yeah you don't think wine with added alcohol makes sense <laughs> i think wine with added alcohol totally makes sense to me <laughs> But Absolutely, again, but yeah. Then again, perhaps I have a problem. But is it fortified? I don't <laughs> know. Fortified. All right, are you ready for me to look? Yes. All right. And the answer is <laughs> B, wine with added alcohol. No. <laughs> Honest to God, did not look before. All right. Fortified wines have alcohol, usually a distilled grape spirit, added to them during fermentation. The alcohol <sighs> stops the yeast from breaking down grape sugars and converting them into alcohol, so you end up with a, both a sweeter wine and a higher alcohol wine. I had no idea. You know, I, I guess. I, you know, I guess I kind of look at it and say, do you need more alcohol in your wine? Is there not enough there to begin with? I I, don't I think know. it depends on which, you know, because I got to say, like, you know, that white Zin that had 4.5%, mm-hmm. not enough for me. <laughs> this is very sad. You know what? I always think about my children in their later years going to their therapist and just writing <laughs> episodes of We'll Write for Wine. Picking out little parts and being like, this is what I grew up with. Do you see why you're making so much money off of me? Uh, anyway, yes, that was kind of neat. Yeah. That was very interesting and educational. And, and a little frightening, actually, but go I, ahead. I just had <laughs> a tad frightening. <laughs> All right. Well, another humiliating D-block for your intrepid host. We're oh, gonna yeah. We're going to go drink our sorrows away. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie, because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are. 
morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com, where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by dogsandgoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins. Well, it's time for Last Call here at Will Write for Wine. We hope you had as much fun as we did. As long as it's legal. <laughs> Don't forget to send in your wine suggestions. Or questions. Right, because we give away prizes, and prizes are fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you can tell we rewrote the e-block mm-hmm. because we're like, I'm not saying eligible entries in a bucket anymore. <laughs> you did take it out. I oh. did. After a year and a half, I think people are sick of hearing it. They're yeah. probably saying it in their sleep. All the wine eligible entries in a bucket. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, the email address is feedback yes. at willwriteforwine.com, and the forums are at willwriteforwine.com slash forum. Yes. We are nothing if not easy. Mm-hmm. And lazy. <laughs> <To find. Yeah. laughs> easy and lazy. <laughs> Just throw in cheap and we've hit the trifecta. Okay. Um, and now we've got our final words of wisdom to carry you through until our next show. Sam, what do you uh, have? Well, my words of wisdom this week. If you're having trouble plotting a book, you might be plotting the wrong book. <laughs> right. Because, you and know, and there's a certain point, there's a certain point where you're going to have trouble with every book. Mm-hmm. And then what's really funny is that when you've been plotting the wrong book for like, I don't know, a month or three. Oh, or six. <laughs> yeah. And then you suddenly realize it. Yeah. And like, you look back, and you're like, I knew all along this was not the book I was supposed to be doing. I know. But and I, and I look at it, it and I say, I-, I do this every single I time. Know. I When will too. I learn? We'll so, never learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of being a writer. But, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I've sat there working on the wrong book. I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah. the book I'm writing now, <laughs> when it started out, was completely different. <laughs> I've gone through, like, 12 different variations on this. Chrissy's always giving me a hard time. She's like, you know, when I start writing a book, I write the book. <laughs> She's like, you keep saying this is the same book, but this is not the same book. I'm like, but the character's the same. She's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. She was 36 when it started. Now she's 24. Okay, not the same character. Anyway. <laughs> Just a little insight into the private writer arguments that I have with all my friends. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Well, that's really good. I think that's mm-hmm. very good, wise words of wisdom. My words mm-hmm. of wisdom for this week is to go through life and your book chasing what you want instead of trying to avoid what you don't want. Concentrate on your own positive goals, and it'll be easier to make sure your characters have positive goals as well. Excellent. I like that. Well, thank you. All right. Well, next week's show is all about the don't look down draft, how to get through your rough draft and live to tell the tale. (laughs) And oh, dear God, I'm going to have to drink a lot to get through that one (laughs) because I don't write that way. (laughs) By the time you're writing your rough draft, it's been plotted to the point that it's all done. It's pretty much ready to roll when I finish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> well, that will be followed immediately, by no coincidence, <laughs> by a show on revisions. Oh, yes. <laughs> the joy, the pain, the reasons why we dream. <laughs> so until next time, this is Lonnie. And this is Sam saying, if you can't write for money, then write for wine. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Will Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash willwriteforwine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes. Remember, there's good karma out there. Vote for them at Podcast Alley. Come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin Firth. Mmm, ring any bells? Or, you know, the, the soulmate, whoever does it for you. You get the point. Anyway, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine. Caffeine consumption. So when I get up, I just have one cup of coffee and I like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast. And on the way to work, I'll